right well you know we've been talking about the subject of discipleship over the last uh, few weeks and the question that I often get about the whole process um, especially in light of what we see taking place in the world today how do you maintain the confidence in the very one who saved you how do you have the confidence that you need in who God is how do you keep that confidence no matter what takes place no matter what happens even in the difficulties of life how do you how do you maintain that I will say this to you this morning I'll just be honest and upfront with you it's easier said than done because all of us I don't care who you are circumstances and situations and adversarial situations that take place in our life and circumstances and all of those things matter of fact it's very easy for us to get our eyes off of where they need to be or where they should be and get our eyes in another area in another place matter of fact to talk about living and walking by faith it's an easy thing to teach and to preach about faith it's another thing to walk that path and to have the absolute confidence that, that we need to have in God in all of those, in those areas of our lives. So how do you do that? I think one of the things that we so desperately need today is a, is a practical roadmap to get there. Well, if you would take your Bibles and turn with me to Psalm chapter 27. We're going to go to probably one of the great examples that we can draw from the scripture to see that the place that we draw how, how do we how do we maintain how do we have the confidence that we need to have in our lives psalm 27 is an interesting psalm because one of the things that you're going to find in psalm 27 is three things you're going to find the past the present and the future and matter of fact, David's confidence that he had in his own life came through those avenues, the past, the present, and the future. And what about us as believers? It should be the same in our lives for us, regardless of where we find ourselves today, regardless of what's taking place in our lives. If you look at verse 1 through verse 3 of Psalm 27, Notice as David shares with us, he says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. And notice what comes next. Whom shall I fear? I mean, when you consider the magnitude of that, the Lord is my light and he's my salvation, then whom shall I fear? In other words, who am I at this point going to be afraid of? And then he said, The Lord is the defense of my life. Whom shall I dread? When evildoers... Now, here's where the past comes in. When evildoers came upon me to devour my flesh, my adversaries and my enemies, they stumbled and fell. Though a host encamp against me, my heart will not fear. Though war arise against me in spite of this, David says, I shall be confident. 
David's confidence that he saw in his life. And I, and I want you to notice as we go through the Psalm 27, the personal pronouns that are here. Look at these opening verses, verse 1 through verse 3. The Lord is my light. He is my salvation. Who am I going to fear? Who will I fear? The Lord is the defense of my life. Whom shall I dread? You know, one of the things that you can do in these opening three verses in Psalm 27 is to go through and highlight all of those personal pronouns that you find there. And are you ready for this? It pertains to us as well. It's where we draw our strength from. It's where we, it's where we look to. It's where the priorities of our life are contained. It is how we look at life every day, how we live, how we walk through life every day. Do we walk through our eyes or do we walk through his? Matter of fact, Paul writing to the church at Galatia, here's what he said. He said, if you live in the spirit, then walk in the spirit. So even in difficulties and even in difficult times, did David have difficult times in his life? <laughs> you better bet you he did. Matter of fact, David's confidence was based on personal experience in his own life. David in his hour of trial based everything on his personal knowledge of God because he knew who he was. You say, do we have an illustration of that? We do. Let's go back to 1 Samuel chapter 17. 1 Samuel chapter 17. In 1 Samuel chapter 17, one of the things that David saw, this is David in his younger life, uh, before he becomes king of Israel. This is a very familiar account. It's David and Goliath. But it's interesting when you look at what is contained here, and then look at Psalm 27 in light of that, but 1 Samuel chapter 17, okay? And I want you to notice, David saw and understood the fear that was holding Israel in a very bad position. When you look at verse 24, David saw this. And when all of the men of Israel saw the man, they fled from him and were greatly afraid. Fear had come to the point that it had just held them in bondage is where they were by this fear and matter of fact when you go to verse 26 i want you to notice something that david david looks around at all of these men that are standing by him and the question becomes so so what happens to this so so what happens for the guy who takes this philistine out What's he going to get? And matter of fact, the end of verse 26, I love, for who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should taunt the armies of the living God? Who does he think he is? David found his strength. David found his courage. David found his confidence, not in that moment right then, but David knew and understood who the God of Israel was. My question for us today, do we understand who God is? Even in light of the difficulties that we see. Come down to verse 32. And David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail on account of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And then I like verse 33. And then Saul said to David, you're not able to go up against this Philistine to fight with him. Because you're nothing but a youth, 
yourself while he's been a warrior from his youth and now verse 37 this is where David drew his strength from look at verse 37 and David said the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear notice what he says he'll deliver me from the hand of this Philistine and Saul said to David <laughs> well go and may the Lord be with you let's go back to Psalm 27 so where did he draw his confidence from from the past David had, listen David saw God work over and over and over let me ask you a question how many of you sitting here today have seen God work over and over and over again I think we all have well my dear friend if he's done it before what makes us think he's not going to do it now and if he did it before, what in the world makes us think that God is just kind of checked out of the picture? He has, and he's still here. And if you understand this, God is bringing everything to a place that he wants it to be. Because judgment's coming. It's exactly what's happening. So as God is at work in the nations and in the kings, the scripture tells us that God raises up kings and God puts down kings. For who? For us? No, for his glory, not ours. And matter of fact, promotion comes from the Lord. Promotion is from God, so is God in his sovereignty orchestrates. He's bringing all of this to a close. And my dear friend, listen to me. God will never leave us nor forsake us we don't have to be concerned does that mean things will not get difficult no you know we can see the same thing in our own personal lives today if we would only take the time to stand back and look and see what he's done see where he's brought us from see where he's brought us to you see the future was in good hands for david there were a lot of things coming for david did he know it at that particular moment in time? No, he didn't. But God had plans for David. Let me ask you a question. Does God have plans for you? He does. I don't know about you, okay? But I'm looking forward to what's coming. I'm looking forward to what's ahead. So let's not ever forget that. As we have seen God work in the past, we see him work in the present, and guess what? He is going to work in the future. Look at verse 4 through verse 6. I want you to notice David's intense desire for the Lord. He said, One thing I've asked from the Lord, that shall I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord, and to meditate in his temple. For in the day of trouble he will conceal me, in his tabernacle in the secret place of his tent he will hide me he will lift me up on a rock and now my head will be lifted up above my enemies around me and I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy I will sing yes I will sing praises to who to the Lord I'll sing praises to the Lord you know, one of the reasons I believe that so many Christians struggle today with their lives is because they've never allowed Christ to take his rightful place as Lord of our lives. 
to understand and realize that relationship that is necessary. You know, I think sometimes if just if just if just once, if if, if just once we could catch this glimpse of the glory and the majesty of God Himself and who He is, I believe we'd lose sight of anything else. Do we see Him? You know, one of the things that we talk about is, is believers today and, and walking the path of discipleship and being involved in all of that. As we've seen God work in the past, do we see him working today in the present? I don't know about you, but yes, I do. I've seen God work through these last two years we've been through. Listen, I've seen God do things that just never would have imagined that God would have done. And are you ready for this? Okay. And I'll have to admit, there was a there was a sense of fear and trepidation, wondering what in the world is going to happen if we now can't control things and bring things together and get things accomplished within ourselves. My dear friend, that is the place that we have to be careful that we don't go. Because when we start thinking that things happen for Jesus Christ and the cause of Christianity and the kingdom because of who we are, sometimes we have to understand that there are just certain things that are outside of our control and we must rely on God and who he is and seek him in all that we do. But that's easier said than done. That's another one of those easier said than done's. We've seen God work in the past. We've seen him work in the present. But we can never forget this. Please listen. We can never forget that fear lives next door to faith. Fear lives next door to faith. Is it easy to be fearful? It is. Is it easy to be afraid? It is. Is it another thing to stand firm and to walk in faith? It is. And the confidence that we need to have in our lives every day. And who we are as a believer. Let me tell you something. I'm not ashamed to call myself a Christian. I'm not ashamed to call myself a preacher of the word of God. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Is what Paul said. Because it's the power of God and the salvation to everyone that believes. To the Jew first and also to the Greek. I am not ashamed of the gospel. I am not ashamed of God. I am not ashamed of Jesus Christ. I am not ashamed of what I have in Jesus Christ. So where does our confidence come from? Our confidence comes from seeing God work over and over and over and over again. And it would appear to me that the more we see God do and the more we see God work, the more motivated we would be to follow him and to trust him. But there's this certain aspect of us as human beings that sometimes to relinquish control of things. How many of y'all find that hard to do sometimes? you ready don't ask me to take, don't ask me to step off with the other one okay we all do because that's who we are but just to trust God with things you know in life we find ourselves often anywhere from 
anywhere from the mountain peak all the way to the lowest ebb of the valley and somewhere in between. So where do we find the confidence that we need just to live the life that we've been called to live? To be a disciple, to be a disciple maker, to involve ourselves and to invest ourselves into the lives of other individuals, to watch them grow. Let me tell you something, there is no greater joy in my life and in my heart than number one, to have the opportunity to lead someone to the Lord. Are you ready for number two, though? It's to watch when the light bulb comes on. And they began to watch and to see as God begins to work in their lives. And they start to, they just start to get this glow about them. My dear friend, there's no greater joy in that. Even when things are difficult. And notice what David writes in verse 7 through verse 14. He says, Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice, and be gracious to me and answer me. When you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, O Lord, I shall seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You've been my help. You ought to understand, you've been my help. Who's been my help? You've been my help. In the difficulties, it's you that have been my help. Do not abandon me nor forsake me, O God of my salvation. For my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me up. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me in a level path because of my foes. Do not deliver me over to the desire of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me, and such as breathe out violence. I love the last part of Psalm 27. I would have despaired unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord, be strong, and let your heart take courage. Yes, wait for the Lord. Did David have confidence in him? You better bet you he did. I want you to notice something about verse 7 through verse 14. Are you ready for this? David didn't pray for an easy path. It's not what he prayed for. David simply prayed for the right path. When you look at verse number 7, Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice, and be gracious to me and answer me, when you said, Seek my face, my heart said to you, Your face, O Lord, I shall seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my help. Do not abandon me nor forsake me, O God of my salvation. But look down at verse 11. Notice what David says. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me in a level path or a right path because of my foes. He didn't ask for an easy path. How many of y'all, let me ask you a question, okay? How many of y'all would just absolutely love that when you got saved that you knew life was just going to be an easy road from here on? 
thank you for your honest heart. I think everybody in here, we'd all raise our hands. Because from a fleshly standpoint, that's what our desire would be. But God didn't promise that. God never said that the the walk and the and the path would be easy. But here's what he said. This is where David found his confidence. Here's what God told him. But I will be with you. I will not forsake you. I will not leave you alone. I will supply what you need every day. And that's where David found his confidence from. So my question to us today, where do we find our confidence from? Is it in all of those around us or is it in him? Is it walking by faith without fear or walking by sight every day? Because I'm going to tell you something. You start trying to walk by sight every day in this world, okay? It gets pretty depressing. But David was looking to a third thing. Not only the past and the present, his intense desire for God. But number three, he was also looking to the future. And what God had for him. Let me ask you a question. If you're here this morning and you're a child of God, have you ever just sat and considered what awaits you? Huh? So for us in this life, the difficulties that may come, let me tell you something. Just, just, just pray for Christians all around the world today. Because there are Christians in parts of the world today that you and I have no idea what's taking place. Because we're kind of protected from all of it. But are you ready for this? Right now, while we're meeting in this place today, there are Christians around the world that are losing their life for the cause of Christ. Churches are being persecuted around the world today. It's not an easy place to be. But where do we find the confidence to continue on, to keep on at it? And I know sometimes it looks like we're losing ground. But always remember the words that Jesus spoke to Peter in Matthew chapter 16. He said, the church is not going to die. He said, matter of fact, the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I'm telling you, the church of the living God is here to stay. So where do we find our confidence? Where do we, where do we draw it from? Let me tell you something. Here's what we need today. This path of discipleship, this being what God desires for us to be. Let me tell you what we need today more than anything else. We need ones that will say, you can count me in, I'm here. I'm ready to go. Whatever God has in store for us, I'm ready to go. Where do we draw our confidence from? From the past and what God has done, from the present and what we see him do today, to the future of what lies ahead of us. You know, the path, listen, the path of a true disciple is not always an easy path. So what brought David through all the difficult and trying hours, okay, was his absolute stand on the goodness of God. You know, he used to tend to sheep. It was Father Jesse on the backside of the desert. And matter of fact, when Samuel was coming to look for the next one who would be anointed king of Israel, David wasn't the first one on the list, humanly speaking. 
So as Samuel goes through all of the, the sons of Jesse, save one, and as all of them paraded in front of him, if any of them would have had the qualifications or probably the standings from a, from a human perspective to probably been king, it would have been probably any one of the others. But I think we often lose sight of this. And, and the confidence that David had, I honestly believe this. When David came and stood before Samuel, Samuel knew at that moment in time that he was it. Did he, did, did he measure up from a, from a human standpoint to, to possibly be this one to step into this role? Who was he? He was the son of Jesse that, that tended the sheep on the backside of the desert. Was he a warrior? By no means physically that we would think of. But God knew different. David had a different heart. Matter of fact, David is referred to as the man after God's own heart. One of the things that you see in Psalm 27 is the very heart of David and who he was. David had absolute confidence in God. Why? Because in the backside of the desert, David learned a lot of lessons that were very, very important for him. My dear friend, listen to me. It's on the backside of the desert sometimes that we learn the most important lessons that we'll ever learn in our Christian life. So that when we find ourselves confronted in a very difficult time, we can go back and reflect upon that that happened in the desert when we find ourselves in a position or a place in our life where we absolutely have to depend on God. That's who David was. That's who he was. You ready for this? <laughs> we can do the same. We can do the same. It's our choice. You know, David finishes with the part that is most difficult for most of us. And he finishes that at the end of Psalm 27. He said, verse number 14, the very first word, wait. How many of y'all hate to wait? <laughs> huh? Don't we all? We get to that point where we hate to wait. David writes, wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Yes, wait for the Lord. Why would David say that? Well, number one, God is never in a hurry. God's never in a hurry. If you remember, even in the Gospels, Jesus himself going to the grave of Lazarus, before Lazarus died. Matter of fact, there are some who claim that Jesus was just a little late. Matter of fact, Mary and Martha had even made this statement, you know, if you'd have gotten here a day earlier, we wouldn't be at this place. You see, in the meantime, while Jesus was making his way to the house of Lazarus, Lazarus dies and they've buried him. Matter of fact, he had been buried for four days. Mary and Martha said, if you'd have been here earlier, we wouldn't be at this place. 
Jesus asked a very specific question to them. He says, do you believe in the resurrection? See, that whole, that, listen, Jesus wasn't late. My dear friend, listen to me, God's not late. God is always right on time. Was Jesus right on time? Sure he was. He asked him, he said, do you believe in the resurrection? Of course I believe in the resurrection of the last day. Jesus looked at him and said, I am the resurrection. My dear friend, where do we draw our confidence from today? Do we draw it from those around us or we draw it from the one who is the resurrection and the life? What motivates us today? Where do we find our confidence today? Should be in him. Oh, by the way, Jesus said, so where is he? Well, he's in the tomb. Well, let's go. Uh, you don't want to go? It stinks over there. We're going anyway. And they get over there, and what does Jesus do? Tells them to take and remove the stone from in front of it. Do you understand? Do you realize what you're... Don't we often do that with God? Don't, don't, you, don't you realize what you're asking here? God, do you understand the hour? Do you understand the day? Do you understand what's taking place? Jesus said, take the stone away. They removed the stone from in front of the tomb. And Jesus, as he lifted up his eyes toward heaven in thanksgiving, uttered Lazarus' name, and Lazarus walked forth out of that grave. Why? So that the Father would receive all the glory and all of the honor and that Jesus Christ would be seen in all of his deity and who he was. He was the resurrection and the life. That's who he was. It was for those who were there to see. You ready for this? Here it comes. If I can encourage your heart with this today, he'll never fail you. He will never fail you. He will always complete what he promised. It's who he is. So, wait, not fretfully, not fitfully, not fearfully, but patiently. Just wait on As a disciple today of Jesus Christ, what motivates us to continue each day to be the disciple he's called us to be? It ought to be in the absolute confidence in God himself and who he is.